Ooh. All right. So I'm going to keep it short and simple. Um, what the 4th of July means to me. I absolutely, you can ask my husband this. It's my, pretty much one of my favorite holidays. There's flag stuff everywhere. Oh, <laughs> I love it so much. So I was telling Michaela the other day, I think this is now my favorite holiday once I read about the history. It but. is. Mm. I I absolutely love America. And for me, the 4th of July is just simply giving homage to 56 of history's greatest badass men. Mm. There you go. Those 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence are some of history's greatest badasses. And I'm giving homage to them because without them, we would not be here. We would not. We'd be in the Dark Ages somewhere over in Europe still, I'm pretty mm. convinced. So, you know what? They've made life awesome. They they gave up their lives and reputations all from the, from the start of the entire thing right on to the, the signing of it. Amen. It, it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, for me, it's giving homage to those 56 signers and for all the other people who are involved in the creation of this amazing country. And most of all, give thanks to God because he oversaw the whole thing. Yeah. I Boom. love that. Done. That, that might be our intro for the episode right there. That's beautiful. I really... <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, my fellow proud Americans. I hope you're proud of your country. This is Everyone is Cancelled. If you're not proud of your country, you have no idea what it's like anywhere outside of our borders and you need an education, I would like you to live in Afghanistan. I encourage you to do it. I'm Dylan Randall. And I have my best friends, my family here, my love of my life, Michaela McDonald. Mm. Say hello. Hello. Please, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Captain Sir John Morgan of America, East Coast, Beast Coast. Hello. We took the title. That's how that works. And then Megan Morgan, like my favorite person. Mm. The one who knows where hey, Satan everyone. is. How you doing, Megan? Yep. I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, I'm, so, I'm so grateful to have you guys here. It's July 4th. And before this starts, the show is fictional. Listen to your doctor. Obey the laws in your country. This isn't real. It's a satire show. Do not listen to us. So I'll tell you something that's bothering me. And I, I think you guys have been seeing this too. Uh, there was a Democrat Party member, actually the entire Democrat Party uh, of a certain uh, province in Arizona who said, and I quote, they raised, they had, this was on posters. It was called the Fuck the Fourth event. And they were going to get in a park and protest the United States of America. Our own Democrats, actual politicians. This is yep. a new story that was the actual name of the event. These are how these Democrats are talking. And I look on Instagram and so many of people that I know, so many people that I know have, there's goodness in them, but they are so ungrateful that they're saying, I don't want to celebrate the 4th of July. It's, it, it's a white holiday. America is bad. It's possible that our country is maybe getting a little ungrateful. That A little? They don't know what Afghanistan is like, right? They don't know what China is like. They don't know what living in Russia or Ukraine is like. So they, they automatically assume that America is bad. And I want to take this holiday to talk about the history of the United States, what makes us so freaking awesome, and then talk about why we need to be grateful for that, why it requires us to be 
grateful in order to defend that. Because the second you stop defending that, guess what? It's gone. Mm. It's gone. So I'd like to let whoever wants to jump in here, give some of your thoughts on, on this ungratefulness that we're seeing. This, this, these people saying cancel 4th of July or F 4th of July. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I've seen, I've seen enough. I've seen enough of the street interviews to know that there's a good chance that somebody listening to this podcast doesn't actually know what July 4th is. So in on July 4th of 1776, uh, the Declaration of Independence, which was, uh, which was written explaining um, the colony's decision to, uh, to leave uh, Great Britain. And there were a number of reasons. A lot of it had to do uh, with taxes and tariffs, and um, and then the under underlying underlying um, you know social, cultural, uh, financial, and moral issues of slavery. Um, so the 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 Declaration of Independence was signed on this day in 1776, and and that's what we're celebrating is is our decision to become a a new experimental country, a country that w- w- they had decided would would chart new waters with freedoms um, not known in the rest of the world for all of history. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, the United States of America is the greatest social experiment um, of all time. I, I have here a portion of a letter written by John Adams to his wife Abigail. Uh, He says, and I quote, The second day of July 1776 will be the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade, with shows, games, sports, Guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. You know, John, I read the same letter to Michaela. What was it, yesterday? Yep. I read, I read the same letter to Michaela yesterday, and um, I'm so touched that you read that. And let's highlight the fact that he said guns. Why, why are guns important for the celebration of this holiday? Maybe it's because it's what won the independence of this country. Maybe yeah. it's what... Exactly. Back the, the well, tyranny I mean, there's of evil. several reasons. Yeah, it's several reasons. Um, you know what guns represent is the might of the people. The you know, might of the people. Guns are not, are not a representation yep. or an illustration of of violence. Or I mean, they they can be used for violence. And there's the argument that war is violent, and you know, um, you know, the the separation of the United States from Great Britain was violent, and that that's fine. You can that's a fine argument to make. But what guns really represent is the ability of the people, uh, a united people, to separate themselves from a tyrannical um, government. Tyrannical government. So that extends that extends from yeah. What John's talking about it's a tyrannical government that we're defending ourselves from, and. Okay, war is violent, but violence against evil is goodness. And when well, good men stand right? by and do nothing, evil prevails. That's right, and it's and it's it is uh, it is the might of the people, which is represented throughout the the, uh, the Constitution, which was drafted after the Declaration of Independence, 
and um, and and so not only did we win our freedom from Great Britain to establish the United States of America with guns, but we also uh, guns are are now the second most important thing um, in the Bill of Rights, uh, which keep the government at bay. So and and this goes not and this is not just like you know anti Joe Biden, but this I I pose this question to uh, to Democrats as well as if you know what if Donald Trump made a military coup with a portion of the military, would you not take up arms to take the country back from a tyrannical president? I don't care who it is. And that's the whole point of the Second Amendment. It has nothing to do with hunting. It has you know nothing to do with, with target practice or with, um, uh, with the, uh, the tactical shooting or, or the cowboy shooting or these uh, you know recreational shooting. No, the mm-hmm. Second Amendment is the right of the people to overthrow a tyrannical government. Damn straight. And 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 that is that is exactly what why they are fighting against it. They do they want to take the power away from the people and and so they solely have control. And it's just not right. Because that that that's not the experiment this country was founded on. It's well, if the, you look at statistics the, on your point there, John, Vermont has the most guns per capita in the entire country, I believe it is. And they have the lowest homicide rate in the entire country, where Chicago has the lowest guns per capita legally, and they have the highest homicide rate. If you look at numbers and you're logical, then you would look at that and say, wow, okay, Vermont, let's let's even just say Vermont has a lot of guns. Maybe not, not even the highest per capita, but I think it's up there. It's damn near the highest. And they have the lowest murder rates when Chicago inverses that. They have no guns, and they have the highest murder yeah. rates. That There's should a show. cultural argument there, too, you know, because there are two vastly different areas. There is a cultural argument. There is absolutely but, but a the, cultural ar- argument the, there. The, da- the data still speaks, you know. Well, African-Americans have a higher homicide rate that, it, it, per capita, so each individual. And, and I, I'm not saying that that's their faults. I'm just saying that that's the fact, and I think that could be cultural issues going on there it could be wealth issues but that's the fact so Candace Owens speaks brilliantly on on that topic Mm -hmm. yeah yeah give a little bit about that John just just as a rundown Um, for those who are listening what are we talking about right here um, so we're not seen as racist you know what I mean we're talking about something to help the country we we still will be Um, and one of the things I've been trying to do is remove black from my lexicon so because there, there's no such thing as black people, and there's no such thing as white people. It's just brown. We're all brown people. Mm. It's just some people are more brown than others, as a starter. Um, but there is, you know, there is statistics and evidence that, um, you know, the the quote unquote black culture is suffering from from some real issues right now. One of them is single motherhood, the lack of fathers. That's a big one, I believe. Um, not only because of the way the family was ordained by God, but also because of the psychological and um, socioeconomic um, evidences that come from having a father in the home. Even a bad father is better than no father at all. Wow. And, and so, you know, as we see, you know, the nuclear family break down in that culture, this is the problems that you see coming from that. 
And, and then it becomes a systemic problem because as boys grow up without fathers or fathers who have abandoned them, they tend to do repeat that behavior. Mm. Um, so there needs to be a movement in that culture to bring the nuclear family back to an important place. And I, I've seen evidence of that um, from, uh, from, from Brown um, celebrities. Um, I'm thinking particularly of Steve Harvey. Um, who's, who's done some real work trying to bring um, like real family matters back mm. to uh, the black community. And Michaela, what were you saying? Um, well, it's not just uh, what I've heard Candace has talked about with that, too, is that it's not just an issue of values. It's also an issue of the welfare state and that black communities actually can receive more money if they are a single <clears throat> parent household. Which, and so, which is exactly why she's so anti yeah. Left. Mm. Yeah, and so it's like all these all these things that are, you know, especially part of more democratic policies create systems that basically keep keep black people down, you know, keep them in this in this tight cycle where they're having to live off of a small amount of money and it's better for it to be a single parent household and it's hard to break out of that. And how most plant parenthoods are placed in uh black neighborhoods. Mm. Have you looked at those numbers? Right. How and most plant parenthoods are there? Yeah. Meg, yeah, what you got issue, there? I, I think it really I think what we're seeing now too is a lot of these issues stem from government suppression. Mm-hmm. So the government wants a specific voter base, a specific party wants a specific voter base, and they see this as an opportunity. The issue is it's unraveling. So a lot of this now with the invent of the internet and fast access to information, fast access to testimonials and real life people across this country, that narrative is unraveling. And what's happening is so people are seeing, okay, wait a minute, the government is really suppressing us here, Mm. whether you're black or white in, you know, an inner city situation. I know many, many white individuals from inner city situations that live the same life, welfare state, no father, you know, a lot of issues. And I think what's happening is the government is now spinning a narrative that this, that the suppression is coming from um, privileged individuals mm-hmm. rather than the government itself. So we're kind of in this like pseudo should we let her know you know ideology war where we have our school children being indoctrinated that you know all this suppression and discrimination is from the privileged right or the privileged white individuals or even privileged black individuals who you know have this is their narrative they're they're spinning this hey meg we lost you there for a bit Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Yeah, I think John leaned in there. Oh, so dear. I got the gist of what you were saying. So I, I'd like to bring something to a next point here, Megan. This is a big part of the reason I wanted you on the show. Uh, I think the points you made were excellent. And, uh, you know, inner city culture has the highest murder rates in the country. And we can't ignore that. And the thing about the Democrats is they, maybe in the day of John F. Kennedy, they had more morale. There was more unity within our parties. It's not the state of things anymore. It's totally gone. They've been corrupted. They're serving China at this point. But I think the greater purpose they're serving is Satan. And Megan, I'd like you to speak on, especially for those who don't believe in the devil. I think those are who are most susceptible. And I'm not... Listen, I... 
I'm not pushing people to become religious. What I'm asking people to do is to believe that there is a greater, a, a greater purpose of evil and good in this world that's possible outside of us. And I believe that those oh, who don't believe are the ones who are most susceptible to serving the devil. It's the ones that are saying science doesn't show there's a devil or a God. It's the atheists. It's those who believe that it's cool to not believe in God. I believe that they're the most susceptible to a devil. So what would your argument be? Uh, there's two parts to this question. A, I think there's a devil. How do you make people believe that there's not a devil, understand that they are the instrument of that darkness in a way that they can possibly look at it? And B, uh, Megan, I think you're on point with this. What are some of the signs that you can make it maybe seen to people uh, so that they can link this spider web of lies that all links to the same place that is what we call the devil, the darkness, that evil force that is at play? How can you link that and how can you make people see that it's possible that they are serving something whether they believe in it or not? Um, so I think it all kind of hinges on the fact that Satan is the father of chaos. Um, so as many of you know, he was thrown from heaven. Um, he tried to overthrow God himself. He thought mm -hmm. he could do a better job. He thought, you know, he was jealous. He was all kinds of feelings and emotions and all wow. that horrible stuff that yeah. we see here represented in humanity. Um, so he's very alive and well. Um, so it's rather interesting from a theological standpoint, um, Satan rules the earth. So people don't quite want to grasp that. They think the earth, because of Charles Darwin's theory and, and atheism and that we just kind of became who we are, that the earth, while it is magnificent because it's God crea God's creation, it is corrupted. So it's corrupted at the fall of man with sin, and Satan does rule this domain. Um, so he's having a, a, a grand time out there. The Bible says that he roams around like a hungry lion looking for souls to devour. Um, he would love to devour anybody's soul, whether it's a grown up, a child, whatever. He wants to get his claws in you. Um, so how we can see him represented in this culture and across the world, of course, is through sin, but but also through chaos. So he is the father of Chaos. God created order. So in, in God's creation, we see this perfection, how everything just operates so fluidly. Um, if I took, you know, a million pieces of the earth in my hands and threw them up in the air for infinity amount of time, it will never order itself, correct? Right. It would, no, it would never become what it is. We didn't happen by chance. We have to have a creator. So I think we can see God's order versus Satan's chaos. And you can almost argue that man is doing chaos. that in the stead of Satan under the influence of Satan in this day and age. He, yes. They're destroying absolutely. the earth in that way. We, I, that's a great point. You are absolutely 100% accurate. We give Satan a lot of credit. Um, credit is due where it's due because he is a, an awful, disgusting beast who roams around, like I said. But people are also guilty. Um, so when you reject you know, when you don't understand what you are and what you're doing, you can't fully accept the other side either. Right. So I think most people would say, well, we're, you know, we're neatly good and and we all, and goodness is relative. Well, the Bible says that we're not because we're sin cursed. But there, there are, there's an atoning and there's a way to atone for that. And that's through Jesus Christ himself. And just understanding that kind of brokenness 
it helps you. It, it, it makes you aware of things and aware of your downfalls and what we do as people. Mm. I think, um, I do think though that right now in our society, I think for lack of a better term, I think we're at that precipice where in the Bible it talks about um, things will wax worse and worse in the end times. Uh, things will get more chaotic, more confused. I mean, we can talk about all sorts of confusion that people are facing nowadays. Um, there's a there's a lot of issues of what's what, who's who, anything goes, you know, and Satan is alive and well. Um, one interesting thing we talked about on um, the mass genocide earlier, and of course we're not here to talk about Roe v. Wade, but that's something that's happening, right? Right. Um, Huge if, topic. If we if we look at what the satanic church has to say on that from their own statement they stated that they are going to appeal this under the uh, freedom of religion because abortion is an integral an integral part of their rituals so if anybody knows anything about that it would be sort of like a blood sacrifice right Um, there that's what they do so i think we you're almost putting your head in the sand if you don't see this aspect of society and again like dylan said it's not we're not here to push people to become religious um if anybody had any questions about how to have a relationship with god we would be very happy to answer that indeed Um, yeah so um yeah so that's sort of my thoughts on that i don't know if anybody else has any thoughts uh on on this whole topic but i think he's alive and well and i think i think he's actually scrambling because Mm -hmm. he knows his time is limited yeah so satan does not prevail in the end and he is just like oh i gotta grab as many souls as i can right now and i'm just gonna make a mess of everything because i am almost done i love that so i think that's yeah you know, Satan comes in the form of hedonism. The satanic church, they'll even tell you that they don't believe in God, that they don't believe there's a devil. And one of the greatest deceptions of the devil is he does not want you to believe in him. Because if somebody comes to you and says, I'm, I'm the representative of evil, I am all that is bad, I want to destroy your soul and burn in hell forever with you, you're not going to listen to the guy. But if he says, hey, I'm not real, but hey, have sex with 100 people and do cocaine every day. It feels good. It feels good for your body. Why not do that? That's what the satanic church is. They actually tell you that God is not real and the devil's not real. They say that they conceptualize this idea that we just want to serve the body. Why not sleep with your boss to get a promotion? Why not? It feels good. You can serve your body. What they're say, what they're talking about is hedonism, and hedonism is the devil. If you want to decept, Amen. if you want to be deceptive, these are the tactics you take. They say that the devil is one of the most intelligent beings in the universe below God. And do you think that you rank higher than the devil in intelligence? No. Did God give you the intelligence? No. He gave you faith. And when you believe in God, God will protect you. And I don't care what you believe until you face that. I'm not saying you got to go to church, but. I'm asking you to go into a forest, go into a desert, go on a hike and pray to God yourself and see what happens because I guarantee your life will change and the devil is there. Oh, and I think you absolutely 100% hit the nail on the head. I think you could write a book about that deception. I think it's brilliant to even phrase it that way because you're right. He doesn't want you to think he's real. If God's not real, he's not real. And therefore, if you don't believe in God... What does the Bible say? If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, 
you're you're not going to be in eternity with him. Mm-hmm. So Satan doesn't want you in eternity with him because the the uh, the, the counter of that is being in hell with him. Mm-hmm. So I think you're absolutely right. I think that's like an amazing topic in theology that could be covered. And just just to clarify too, mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like you're you know upon death you know and with a lack of Christ you're going to spend eternity with the devil in hell. That that's not that, that is not the purpose. You know, Satan knows he's going to be destroyed. That he's going to be tormented for eternity. That that's what's waiting. It's not it's not like you're going to go to hell and you know you're going to be under the rule of the devil and you're going to do all the things that you love to do on earth. Right. That, that, that's that's true. That, that is not what hell is. Mm. The only th- the only thing that's whenever you look at the earth and things are going on in cultures and countries and societies and families. The good things that you see, those are the things of God. And the, and the things that bother you, the, the bad things, those are the things um, not of God. Well, John, what about things then, that bring a question in your heart? Like that you, that, that the, let's say you're somebody, because this has been a topic lately, and I want to touch nuance here, John. So I want you to continue on what you're saying, but I'd like you to touch on this while we're here. Let's say you're somebody who is a liberal, who's somebody, you're somebody who can see the benefits of it, but you're in a liberal city. I, I did an episode on this lately, uh, recently, I'm sorry, excuse me, es- escaping liberalism. Let's say that you just have a question in your heart like, ah, this, I don't feel right being being told that I'm born the wrong way, that, oh, I'm white, and that makes me less than, like, I owe reparations to people, I owe reparations to people who were never slaves, or let's just say a question resides there. Would you say that that is an opening to something that could possibly be dark? Um... Yeah, but it could be an opening to something that could be possibly light, too. Whenever someone questions um, their existence or their their purpose, specifically, mm-hmm. um, because I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people in this world suffer from a lack of purpose, yeah. uh, and that is the, the driving motivator behind a lot of these uh, extreme opinions, is the people who have just, they have no purpose, and so they, they have aligned themselves um, in that identity crisis with, with one particular identity mm. instead, of, instead of seeing themselves as, uh, as, as something that was created, something that was fearfully and wonderfully made, something that was um, created in the image of, of, of the Godhead, um, something that was, that was woven together um, from our very beginnings. Um, which you know gives you purpose right there. If if you were just a clump of cells that came into being because of science, then no, you have no purpose. There's no reason for you to be alive, right? But if but if you are if you are a if you are a creation, right? If you were created, then you are created for a purpose, and then the story of your life becomes fulfilling that purpose. Um, but people don't have purpose. Uh, they, they lack an understanding of who they are at a very intrinsic um, value. And so you, you find it, you know, people clinging to things like, um, like homosexuality or um, pride in anything, right? Some people are, are super, like super American. They've, they've aligned their identity along, along their pride in being an American citizen. Like somehow America is, 
you know, is is greater beyond your wildest dreams. And I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But so I see you painting. Just to clarify, so we don't get canceled. I mean, you know what? Cancel me if you want, but don't take me off my. What 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 I'm hearing now is cancel me. What you're saying is that homosexuality (laughs) and then you're saying identifying with something that doesn't represent your soul is what I'm hearing. So you're saying, okay. You know, if you're homosexual, that that's what you're doing. But to to identify with your sexuality or to identify with being an American, when that becomes when that becomes the sole identifying quality of your life, that's a problem. Right. Just to clarify to our audience what you're saying, sexuality is one um, one piece of a giant puzzle of who you are. I think that's an important distinction. when When you capitalize on that emotion, right, and and you know, there's a there's a lot to talk about in that, which is why people get so wrapped up in it. I think um, that's a beautiful point, John. Whether you're talking about Pride Month or you're talking about being that redneck, that quote unquote propaganda, proud boy, proud boy or, whatever you are, you know, America and fuck everybody on the left. You know, it's that kind of like, hey, hold on. If if people on either side are identifying with anything that makes them not them. And this is the important distinction. We're really not attacking anybody here. We have. I can tell you that everybody in this podcast has love for everybody on this earth in a, in a distinct way where God told us to, to love thy brother and sister. You know, that's the sentiment. But it doesn't mean that you can't call people out and things they're doing wrong. It doesn't right. mean we're their judge, but it doesn't mean that you also can't hold them accountable. That's our job. Holding, yeah. John holding and I have had distinct, we've had distinct discussions yeah. on this, you and I, even <laughs> where you and I have had distinct yeah. discussions and it's been beautiful. Yeah. We've both, I can... I can't speak for you, but I feel we both learn from these things, and it creates it creates good uh, discussions yeah. in the service of God. And I, what I can tell you is that John's painting a distinction that no matter what side you're on, you can't identify with things that are human. You can't identify with things that are made by humans that are essentially made up by us. Be yourself. Right. Go out into the woods. Have a discussion with God. Be humble. Find out who you are. Don't listen to your friends who are telling you that you're you're a rainbow. Don't listen to your friends who are telling you that you are the American flag. Like, you are you. You were made by a God so much greater than anything you can fathom. I don't care if you believe in him or not. And when you, the day you accept that and you realize you don't need to go to church, just, just accept the fact that there could be a God and try praying to God and see who you are. Look into your heart and see what God made you. You're a piece of art. Like, you were created like no one else in this whole world. You were created to do something special that your friends can't tell you, that that nobody, else, your family can't tell you. Only your relationship with God can tell you what you're meant to do. And when you yeah. do that, then you can have a relationship with friends who are meant to be in your life. Then you can have a relationship yeah. with family members who are meant to be in your life. And you don't identify um, with these with these these things and this stuff is what I'm hearing. Right. Right, right. No, that's that's the problem. There's an identity crisis. And I think the thing is, when we focus on ourselves, we become inwardly depressed. We're not here to focus on ourselves. We're here to focus on each other, uh, focus on loving each other, yeah. focus on helping each other, um, focus on loving God, uh, focus on loving our children, loving other people's children, being hospitable, you know, all this stuff. And when you focus only on yourself day in and day out, it's depressing because we're not perfect It'll beings. It get boring after a it's while. It's boring. Too. It's depressing. You know, I mean, if you focus only on your sexuality, only on your political identity, only on, you know, how you look, how, 
it's this obsession and i think it comes from the devil himself like well i mean that's why the devil was cast out of heaven i mean lucifer aka satan you know um he was the worship leader in heaven so all worship services in heaven were you know designed and carried out um by him so i mean it's it's one of the things you have to understand is you know Mm -hmm. light sound color when you have a Especially when you're talking, uh, there's a movement for hallucinogens. I'm telling you right now, it's all bad, man. And because when you when you view life through sound and color like that, it's it is a it is a dark gateway, and a lot of people don't find their way out of it. Um, you know, I'd have understanding to, that I he had that kind there, of influence and power. You know, hallucinogens beginning of understanding him. I don't know if hallucinogens are good or bad. I, I think a lot of people in that world end up going to the dark side. I can agree with that. I think that's a stated fact. Um, fictionally, this isn't real. I've done hallucinogens about 50 times. And I can tell you that I feel like a better person for it. But, you know, I really felt inclined to do that. I think some hallucinogens are plants, and God created everything. So I, I would argue that. Some plants, maybe, maybe, were designed for some humans to take if they have a relationship with God, if they're listening to God. I don't know. I could be wrong, and I'm willing to be wrong here. I pray every day. Yeah, yeah I don't, but I don't, I don't think those plants. I don't think those plants were designed for everyone. That's that's the problem I have. I don't think they were designed for everyone to take. I think, like medicine, God gave us different plants for different reasons. And I think some people can benefit from them in the way that I have so benefited from them. I think other people could take them when they don't have a relationship with God and go down this spiral to the devil. You know what I mean? I think it can go different ways there. I really can. So... You know, where is your soul? Where is your heart when you're taking these things? If your heart is in a bad place and you take fucking LSD, are you, pardon my language, but are you kidding me? Where do you expect to go? Yeah. I I haven't ever done any drugs, period. <laughs> but I, um, from what I've witnessed in other people and just kind of my perception of it all is that so many drugs, it's like they open you up to, you know, whether it's one aspect of life or just opening you up in general. And so I think to piggyback on what Dylan's saying, I think that depending on where your heart is, depending on where your your mind is at and all of that, it can really intensify that. It can almost – and so I could see it could open you up to a lot of darkness and manipulation or it could open you up to um, seeing things more clearly. Uh, but I yeah. – you know, once again, I it's not a direct experience I'm referencing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know some. I know some drug addicted people um, personally, and I think in one, at least one case, that person's demonically possessed. So I think drugs suppress that. Like, and not, I don't know about um, religious hallucinogenic. So I think what you guys are talking about is like a spiritual hallucinogenic. I've heard about that. I, I have no idea anything about that. I, can't I think even talk it's a lot rarer than people using it as a party drug. I really believe that. It's very right. nuanced, think, my view on it. Yeah, I think your recreational drug use, um, it actually, it does something to your brain. It, it actually, there's parts of your brain, God created our brain, and there's parts of it that are receptive for um, worship and, and different, there's just different things. I don't know. Again, it's not my area of expertise, but 
I do believe people who use specific drugs r- routinely yeah. um, yes. they can become demonically possessed because yep. they're opening up their mind to the darkness. You know, right? Michaela and I were talking about this very thing, Meg. We were talking about, I said, so there's stories of possession in the, Bi- in the Bible. And I know this episode is getting very biblical, but it leads to July 4th, believe me, because I believe this country was founded on God. And if you don't appreciate this country, Amen. well, then you can move somewhere else that doesn't believe in God. Go to China and see how Amen. fun you have. See, see the fun that you have. I implore you to go there if you don't love our country. <laughs> Do it. Yep. Get out. North Korea. Go to North Korea. Go to North Korea and enjoy it. Become a North Korean sandwich. Do what you want to do, but this country is awesome. So I really believe this country was created by God, and I don't believe there's any way it could exist without God. And you know what? We are not meant to know exactly who God is. That's the thing. People think that this propaganda paints Christians as saying, I know exactly who God is to a T. No, we're not meant to know who God God is to a T. We don't know every detail for a reason. That's what faith is. The whole Mm -hmm. purpose of faith is believing in something greater than yourself that you can't quite touch. That's the point of becoming greater than anything that you can touch, which is yourself, which is this world, which is anything worldly. If you can only be as great as anything you can see and hear and feel, look around you. How great are things right now? Mm-hmm. We're living in darkness. So if you don't believe in something greater, how could you become something greater? Mm-hmm. And if that goes beyond... This whole three-dimensional world we're living in. Alex Jones talks about this. He always said, he's been saying for years, they're always going to go after the kids. They're mutilating kids. They're, 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 they're imprisoning. There's a man, who, if you watch What is a Woman, what's his name who made that? Matt Walsh. Matt, Matt Walsh. Walsh. Matt Walsh, What is a Woman, Daily Wire. There's a parent in Canada who was imprisoned for not calling his daughter, daughter a boy. He refused to call his daughter a boy, and he went to prison for it. And they changed the identity of his, what, 13-year-old daughter mm-hmm. uh, to a boy without his permission, and he was put in jail. Alex Jones has been saying that the goal of Satan beyond the three dimensions is to harm children. What oh, did Jeffrey yeah. Epstein oh, do? What is, this, what is this sex change movement doing? What, what oh, is yeah. And then the public school. Right? Oh, it, yeah. It's insane. They're all workers of Satan. Yeah. And so America, the, the founding of America, and John, I believe you both know about this, was militias in every state before the takeover of the National Guard. The, the, and I was telling Michaela this, bringing it back home, what makes America great is the fact that we have states. And those states yep. counterbalance federalism. The Federalist Party, yep. there was actually a Federalist Party before the Republicans and Democrats. And, and they diminished because they weren't loyal to the federal government, believe it or not. <laughs> they actually, and that's the whole point. That's what's so funny about that. So the point of states is to counterbalance the federal government. And it was intended by our forefathers to have militias. Like, hey, John and I, we get together, we make a club. Easter egg. That doesn't exist. And uh, we say, hey, we're willing to defend our families and, and, and be together and hunt and create a community that if the government wants to turn on us, we're going to be okay. We're going to train. People like John and I, we, we serve our families. We bring food home to be prepared by our, our families. You know, we teach our, our children to be good men and women. And, and that was the point of militias. That was the point of state governments is, is creating cities and and local governments that can prevail in the face of federal tyranny. 
And the point I want right. to drive home is Michaela and I were talking about friends that we have that aren't happy. They're saying, hey, I don't think July 4th should be celebrated. And our counterpoint mm. to that was that in times where we are disappointed with our country is the times that we should most celebrate July 4th. Why? Because our forefathers right. were there to defy federal tyranny. Why was Roe versus Wade right. o- overturned? Because it was, they, they made it a federal problem when it's not their business. Roe versus Wade right. simply said, hey, abortion is a state issue. The federal governor, the, the federal, excuse me, the federal government does not have the power to enforce every state to do this. That is an overstep. That was all that decision mm-hmm. was, was that the federal governor, uh, government does not have the power to force all of our states to do something like this. That was all the decision was. So if you look at it that way, every single, I look at my abortion episode I did with Michaela, we covered this, every single person, no matter which side they're on, should agree with this. If you're not, if you're not supporting July 4th uh, for our independence, you're not supporting your independence. That's what it's about is your independence to fight for what is right and change the tyranny in our government today. That's why we that's why, that's why we celebrate July Fourth is because you're saying, hey, the, I'm not happy with the government. F you. I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate July Fourth because I'm independent and I can take you out of office mm-hmm. with my vote. Yeah, and that's part of what's great about America is that the structure that was put in place gives us that freedom, gives us that ability to stand up for what we feel is right and to articulate what we feel is right, to vote for it and to act on it and all of that. And so I. I'm grateful for the overturn of that Roe v. Wade because it's changing things back to what is the truer and healthier structure of America. And that's mm. right. That's, America, that's important to their, me. their founding principle was on the principle of self-governing. So yeah. you as a human being, you were born in the image of God. They recognize that. You're a sovereign individual. Mm-hmm who has the right to make decisions for yourself. You have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So you have the say in how your life is lived. I mean, of course, we're not going to... Back then, people weren't running around harming people and, and, and all that stuff. So it was just known at that time that people were mature enough spiritually, emotionally, and mentally mm-hmm. to self-govern themselves. So what we now see is like, a complete 180 where our people are not healthy mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And that is not by chance. That is done by design. That is done by the individuals who want a one world government of federal oversight on everybody. Think about it. Look back in history all this time. What has happened to people? They've been broken down, broken down, broken down through indoctrination and agendas. Yeah, we're being weakened so we can be controlled. Mm. Exactly. Bingo. This This is calculated. There's been people since the inception of America who have hated the principle of self governing and self freedom and the ability to take care of yourself. They don't like that. They want control. Man always wants control. There's always people in power who want control. And it's 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 an agenda. And now we're living it out. We're seeing that. So we have people who are brainwashed to say, Fourth of July is bad because America is such a bad and evil nation. 
Well, no, it's not. You've been indoctrinated in a system that has told you that, and you can't even answer why. These people don't have an answer for anything. That's they a beautiful They literally point. just parrot what they're told in progressive indoctrination rooms, and whether it's in schools or on the internet, whatever. So we have a really huge problem. I mean... It's this Meg, that's whole a beautiful point of a good system. Yeah, and now it's suddenly the system itself is bad. It's flawed. No, you're flawed because you're indoctrinated to think that this is a bad system. It, it's right. it's really well, insane. And I think it's like people have been weakened so much. People are suffering, like you said, mentally, physically, spiritually, and in that state. They're easy, it's easier for them to fall prey to the ideas of victimhood. And then all they want to do, they're upset. They don't feel good. They want to blame something. And then, oh, here comes along this very convenient idea. Let's just blame the entire structure itself. Let's blame the men who created yep. our country. Let's blame yep. all of it. And it's like that That to me is such, it's like, it's so painful because it's like they're suffering. They're in pain. That's part of why they fall prey to that. And absolutely, but it doesn't actually help them feel better. It just takes them deeper into that hole of pain and torment. Mm -hmm. And so it's like to be pushing to to think that that not honoring the Fourth of July as something sacred and beautiful and something that's given us this wonderful like you know it's uh, things are kind of messed up right now, but also we have a it's a lot better than a lot of places. To not honor that feels like some way of ah. Uh, I lost my trail of thought. There was something there. Um, I know there's so much. There's to just so happens to me all the time, but I'm old. <laughs> there's just so much. I'm deeply sleepy today, but I'm doing. Where a, am I? Doing a good job. Um, but come on, man. <laughs> you know the thing. <laughs> the thing with the stuff and the place. Um, but to not honor that, I think that it's like that's the thing that could pull them out of it. That's what it is. That's by honoring us, by remembering the the beauty of what created our country, that could pull them out of that place of victimhood and suffering. And it's like, no, all these all these institutions and so much that's going on with the progressive lefts is that they they want to encourage people to go deeper into that. Yes, you are a victim. No, you absolutely. need us. It's such an abusive relationship. It's horrifying to witness. You know, Michaela's really related that liberalism to an abusive relationship where I abuse oh, you. I take 10 feet and I give you one foot and ask you to thank me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I, and, and and I you, beat you up and then I say, oh, you need me. You need me to fix your boo-boos. And it's like, <laughs> no, what? Back, yeah, back exactly. off. That is unacceptable. But the thing is, if you if you go out on the street right now and round up a bunch of 18 to let's just I'm going to make a generalization here. I don't know the exact number. Let's say 18 to 25 year olds. You went out and pulled a bunch of them across the country. They can't even tell you what July 4th is about. They don't know. And it's not necessary. OK, everybody That's has the responsibility to educate themselves on truth. I stand by that 100 percent. So they're ignorant, right? Yes. But they're ignorant by design. So these schools stop teaching what's important. There's no history education. It's yes. all progressive left yes. indoctrination. Dylan and I talk it's about called that all social the time. education. Yeah, we're going to teach you social um, emotional, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it, it's this, they have hijacked our education system. The education system is for one purpose, yeah. and that is to create leftists. And I, I mean, granted, there's, okay, there's Republicans and there's Democrats, and they're, they're two sides of pretty much the same coin. But then there's progressive. That is a whole other beast. 
And I think these schools are pumping these kids out left and right. They don't know what the 4th of July is. They don't know what the Bill of Rights is. They don't know what the U.S. Constitution is. They have not a clue. Yeah. And that's dangerous. Yeah. That is so dangerous because they fall, they become the victims of that bleep 4th of July mentality. Mm. How important do you guys think it is to have a, a, a class on the Constitution in high school? Is it? It, it should, should be pivotal. It should be. It should be pivotal. Well, that's not the right should word. Should start, I think, in fourth grade. What is the word? Not I pivotal. Agree with that, yeah, John. What is it? I the think central. I I don't. You know, I went to different pivotal. schools growing up, but I went to public school, um, maybe like first through fourth or so, and then these Waldorf schools, basically after that. And I think that the school system must have changed a lot, just even since you know I was born in ninety one. Oh, yeah, because like I remember doing plays where I remember saying like, "And the pursuit of happiness." Like we were quoting, we were quoting that line, you know, that men have the right. to... Where did you go to? What part of the country did you live in? It was in Arizona, but it was a very blue part of Arizona. It was Sedona, Arizona, huh. for grade school. Um, this is a pretty modern. It's pretty modern. I mean, yeah. it's... I think it's pretty modern. It's, I, I even think about, like, so then I went to um, a private Waldorf school in Texas, in Austin, Texas, which is a blue part of Texas, from eight, uh, seventh grade through high school. And I think about the experience I had versus, like, uh, some of my friends from that time, they have younger siblings who went to that school after us. And they're, like, what they were even teaching then, I think it got way more progressive. I think that these ideas, especially around gender and all of that, and, and I think especially with the advent of things like TikTok and just this whole social media world that teens mm-hmm. live on so much of the time, which is really discouraged in Waldorf schools. They basically don't want you to do any technology until then you, like, start typing in Absolutely. high school and that's it. That's, like, basically all that you're supposed to do, but a lot of people do more. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but I even remember in high school when I was there, like we, I remember writing out the Declaration of Independence and I loved it because I loved doing yeah. like lettering and stuff like that. So it was really fun for me. But it's, and that might've even been in, not in high school, that might've been in the eighth grade. But like, I, I remember it wasn't something we just talked about once. We talked about it again and again and again in different ways from different lenses. And I'm so grateful. And even with that, I still feel like I don't have a full understanding of it. I think that I, I've been really grateful to learn even more in this past, you know, month or so. Hmm. So yeah, I do think, I think it's, it's a newer thing, too. and I and it freaks me out. It freaks me out because yeah, oh yeah, I, I don't know. It's not many... necessarily new, yeah, but mm-hmm. it is new. So mm. it's kind of interesting. I always say when it comes to the school systems to follow the money trail. Yes, and if you go back to who's yeah. controlling, who's the puppet master of yeah. the education system. That's these education unions, yeah. and the two largest ones give millions upon millions upon millions of their dollars to support candidates that are progressive. Wow. So you have to kind of follow that money trail and who's writing these curriculum, you know, programs for these schools. It's politicians. I mean, real educated people who, you know, know this stuff are pushed aside. Yeah. So it is new. It's not new. Schools have notoriously been democratically aligned with these unions for a long time. However, mm-hmm. like Dylan said, it was up to the states to control their edu- towns, actually municipalities, mm-hmm. to control mm-hmm. their individual education systems. Now we have this federal Department of Education in Washington, which is absolutely unconstitutional. And I I personally demand that it be dismantled. It's an absolute corruption mill. Um, So you have to follow the money trail. And a lot of what's broken in America 
is because you have men and, and women in power who want to corrupt. They don't want America. So that's that's Amen. where I would that's what I was kind of thinking of before is they want America fully dismantled. Amen. They want a one world global government. Yep. And that's of course in the book of Revelation, it's biblical, so we know we're headed in that direction anyway. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we can't sit and talk about it. Doesn't mean we can't evaluate it and doesn't mean we can't fight against it. Right. Yeah. The warriors so, of God will always fight. You know what I mean? This is a humongous topic, and I know we always digress and go down these. They're not even rabbit holes, sadly. If <laughs> you all time together, it's like everything is one. It's it's really one topic. Meg, I appreciate you being on the legs. show so much. Like you, you add so much that's missing to the show. Like every time you're on, I'm like, oh, it's like a f- fresh breath of air. You know, and, <laughs> Aww, and then having thanks, all four guys. of us on, it's like this is this is some people. They go. They go do on double dates. Again. They go to dinner. We do a podcast. <laughs> That's what we it. do, we and had it's steak always so and great. Whiskey before we got on, so a little bit, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I what I feel in you guys is this fire of uh, of just patriotism. And what brings me to that, I wanted to touch a little bit on the Sons of Liberty. Are you guys familiar with the, uh, that group? Lightly. Sons of Liberty. Mm. Well, let me tell you something. Have you heard of not. the? What's that, Meg? Not deeply, no. Has anybody here heard of the Boston Tea Party? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were responsible <laughs> yes, for that. Yes, sir. They are responsible for oh, They created duh. that. So, oh, my word. <laughs> so who are the Sons of Liberty? Hmm. Sons of Liberty were, they were a group of, it was a secretive group of about nine people. Started as this group of nine people, and then they found out, we're being ta- overtaken by the, by the British Empire. We, there's nothing to do. We need to start writing papers on why this can't happen. We need to publish them, because they're going to destroy us. So what they do you tur- mean, overtaken? Well, Because weren't they, we still part of the British Empire? Yeah, but we escaped them to build our own colonies. So we had our 13 mm-hmm. colonies. People say we want... <laughs> they didn't move to America to be part of the British Empire. The British Empire said, we've right. protected you from the Indian colonies right. and the French colonies. Therefore, you owe us taxes. That right. was the whole problem. And then they were starting to do that whole taxation with that representation thing. Yeah, they, they said that the French and Indian wars were on their behalf and they protected us through that. So the Sons of Liberty said that, no, you didn't do that. Those were your wars and you're trying to tax us saying that you were protecting us. That's not how this is going to go down. So Samuel Adams... And John Hancock created this group called uh, the Sons of Liberty. And those were the forefathers. And the Sons of Liberty were a grassroots group of instigators and provocateurs in the colonial America who used an extreme form of civil disobedience, threats, and in some cases, actual violence to intimidate loyalists and outrage the British government. The goal of the radicals was to push moderate uh, leaders into confrontation with the crown, the crown being Britain. So the Sons uh, marked one of the early victories in December 1965, the Stamp Act, the first act imposed directly on American colonists by the British government. They basically told the, the main tax guy, hey, they sent him a letter. They, they sent the main tax guy a letter and said, hey, if you go out tomorrow and uh, at 2 p.m., if you publicly announce that you renounce your, your designation and you quit your job, we will be most gentlemanly to you. <laughs> And it scared this British guy so much of what would happen if he didn't do that. <laughs> Talk about mafia boss, right? That he went out at 2 p.m. And, and renounced his title. And this was the beginning of the Sons of Liberty. 
And basically what they did was they were Bostonians, which reached the 13 colonies, which basically fought the British Empire and helped create America. That was resistance. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it One was. One of the things they did, too, was um, they, they popularized the use of tar and feathering mm-hmm. as, a, as a method to intimidate and punish um, people who were working against them. And it's not like, you know, you could just wash it off. I mean, tar is <laughs> super oh, That sticky. sounds terrible like, to deal with. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, it's, it's, not, like, it's, like, it's oh. not like you could just go, you know, in an outdoor shower and be fine in 15 minutes with some. You guys are going to laugh hysterically. But when, I, when you said Sons of Liberty, you guys just brace yourself. This is the dumbest thing I'm ever going to say in public. I was thinking of that. Oh, I lost my ear. My thing fell on my ear. Sorry, guys. You're um, okay. Wow, we're going to have to cut this part out of the podcast. You're doing it's great. A hot mess over here. We're I thought you in. said, I was thinking of the Sons of Anarchy show. And I'm like, I don't know that. I, I, don't, I have no idea. Like, Meg, I was like, what is he talking about? Meg, we've always gotten yeah, along. Moment, and it's so but... funny you say this. Sons of Liberty immediately made me think of Sons of Anarchy, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no I know. I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know oh, much about that, Dylan. Wiring in your brain. It's really sweet. <laughs> we do. I feel like that's we really familiar. do. It's, it's funny. <laughs> yep. Dylan's my brother from another mother. <laughs> yep. You know it. Satan, we're coming after you, and then we're going to leave yes, you in hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all alone. I have a. I have an old letter here. Um, dating. Tuesday morning. December 17th, 1765, the true-born sons of liberty are deferred to meet under Liberty Tree at 12 o'clock this day to hear the public, um, I don't know what that word is, under oath of Andrew Oliver, um, uh, distributor of stamps for the province of the Massachusetts Bay, right? So, it, the uh, really it comes from uh, the Stamp Act um, in 1765, which is one of the things that led up to uh, you know the the desire to separate from from Britain. Um, I don't know. Phone's being ridiculous now. Get out of my phone, Satan. <laughs> you say it with such clarity, John. Anyway, um, drawing a kind of a circle in this, they were the Sons of Liberty. Their ultimate desire was to bring the rights of the people back to the forefront. Hmm. Right, a public meeting at the Liberty Tree. Um, to hear what the public had to say about this new Stamp Act. Because I think if, if the public showed up and were like, no, we really like being put under the thumb of Britain, unable to, uh, to do any trade, um, it, there was a very good chance they would have backed off. Because after the Stamp Act was repealed, um, the Sons of Liberty disbanded. Um, that name was later picked up by other groups um, along the same lines, but, hmm. but truly... Uh, liberty is the pursuit of the freedom of the individual, which is what our current federal government hates so dearly. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so much that they've warped, they've warped phrases like separation of church and state. Yeah. Um, they've actually made it seem like the church is so bad and so oppressive that the state can't possibly have anything to do with any single piece of faith or religion at all. Mm. And the truth is that the, the separation of church and state was actually to protect the church from the state itself. Wow. So the state couldn't establish like a central um, religion to represent the people as a whole. Like the people had the choice of every... Uh, the The people had the right to pick what faith they wanted to align with. Um, they right. had the right to practice their faith in peace. Um, it, it's pretty, it, it was really, really um, wild at the time. Like, I can't even imagine these thoughts, these men, you know, incepting this whole ideology and, and thought process and coming together and pulling it off in the way that they did. I mean, America is, like John said, the greatest and most successful social experiment in the history of the world. Yeah. Right. Um, it's it's a phenomenal country. It's a phenomenal nation. Um, freedom was the central component. I feel like through so much of this federal control and the federal government is so huge and there's so many programs and, and different parts of this federal government that we have lost a lot of our freedom. Um, we still have we still have it in theory. We still have chunks of it. A lot of it's missing, um, and it's still a, it's still a great nation. Um, it, it's just being it's being we're being destroyed from an ideological process from within. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think people see that. They don't see it. They see it as progress. Progressiveness is progress. We're progressing. To We're progressing entering to hard what? times. Yeah, there's this yeah, analogy. I mean, there's there's two analogies I'd like to point to that point, Megan, is that, you know, so you're reaching a hill, right? You're hiking, you're sweating, you're getting tired. You're like, I don't know if I can make it to the top of this hill. And you're going and you finally reach the top. And that top is, let's say, the 1959 America. Everyone has rights. Everybody has a good job. We're still working on the gold standard. And then after that, progressives say, no, we can still keep going. But guess what? When you're on the top of the mountain, where's the only place you can go? Down. 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 So the progressives say, no, let's keep going. And they think by moving forward, you're progressing. But by moving forward, you're going back down the mountain. And the conservatives are saying, no, we've, we've reached a pinnacle. Let's just try to, let's, let's build up, if anything else. Let's, let's stabilize. Let's stabilize. And so the conservatives are trying to rein them in as they're moving forward, but down. Going forward is not always progression. And these Democrats have been going forward down the hill since 1959, right? When MLK did his great work. So when we look at it from that standpoint, we have to realize that hard times create hard men. Hard men create good times. Good men create soft times. Soft times create bad men. Bad men create hard times. Those soft times that we've experienced from our great forefathers have created soft men and women. Yeah. And uh, guess what? They've created hard times, and we're experiencing those hard times. So now it's time for you to buck up and do your work. I'd like to quote something here for you. The Sons of Liberty most powerful leader, most prominent leader, I should say, was Samuel Adams. 
you know, the guy that makes the beer. Well, he did more than make <laughs> beer, okay? So he was the son of a wealthy yeah. brewer. He was indeed. It's the same Sam Adams you're thinking of. Uh, but he was he was really interested. He was interested in in radical uh, rousing of the commerce. So Adams wrote his master's thesis at Harvard on the lawfulness on the lawfulness of resisting British rule. And George Washington he he led the war effort against Brit- the British. But people, some historians say that, and I quote by Les Stan- Standiford. Historian Les Standiford, I quote in his words, the truth is, is that there might not have been a fight to begin with had it not been for the work of Sam Adams. And what I'm saying is that one person, one man, one woman can make the difference. These old militias, if they follow the Constitution, if they don't break the law, they're not terrorists, they follow patriotism, they follow the law, they can make a difference. I'm not calling for violence. I'm calling for people to stand for what is right according to our country's law. That's all I'm saying. And that's what they did here. He even wrote a paper on it. So we look at George Washington, and he was freaking awesome. But let's look at Sam Adams. Let's look at the Sons of Liberty. Let's look at the people who made a difference when they had hardly anybody behind their back, but they said, you know what? God's with me. That's all I need. I'd like to take this moment to ask each of you, wrapping up the episode, I'd like to take a minute each on talking about what the 4th of July means to you. And, uh... just don't want to start, but I'm happy to answer. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <Michaela>. <laughs> I was shaking my head and he was like, what? I was like, I want to answer it. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to go John, Meg, Michaela, myself. Okay. If that sounds good. Why do I have to go first? Because you're, so you're the captain. I don't mind. This is so what you strong. do. You sell the 14 C's to do this. <laughs> no, but me complaining gives me a little bit of extra time to think about it. This is good. Yes. So what does July 4th mean to me? Uh, I celebrate this day as an accomplishment of a group of people who decided to be free, to to start, um, to start, Something they didn't even know what it was going to turn into. It was 13 colonies that decided they wanted to be free from a tyrannical government. To be free from people who were dictating, you know, how many taxes they were going to pay. And just levy against them for no reason. You should jingle a few bells here. There's a lot of that going on right now. Yeah. Um, so... When I celebrate today, I celebrate today um, because because God did something good in those men's hearts. And I'm not saying that America is the same as Israel. I think there's some confusion there, and that's a really good topic of conversation. Um, America is not a chosen country. But it is. it was founded by a group of godly men who were in search of a land that was morally divined by God. And and so when I celebrate today, I celebrate today because because I have the right and the freedom to participate in the continuance of that idea, to worship my God the way I see fit, the way he wants me to do it, uh, and to be able to speak about it. And, um, and that goes for the same for people who don't believe in the same God as I do. But they have the right to worship God the things that they believe in, the, the way that they see fit. And I will fight for those rights as much as I would hope that they would should fight for mine. 
And that, my friends, is what July 4th is all about. Ooh. All right. So I'm going to keep it short and simple. Um, What the 4th of July means to me. I absolutely, you can ask my husband this, it's pretty much one of my favorite holidays. There's flag stuff everywhere. Oh, <laughs> I love it so much. So I was telling happy. Michaela the other day, I think this is now my favorite holiday once I read about the history. Of it, it is. Mm. I I absolutely love America. And for me, the 4th of July is just simply giving homage to 56 of history's greatest badass men. Mm. There you go. Those 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence are some of history's greatest badasses and i'm giving homage to them because without them we would not be here we would not we'd be in the dark ages somewhere over in europe still i'm pretty Mm. convinced so you know what they've made life awesome they they gave up their lives and reputations all from the, from the start of the entire thing right on to the, the signing of it. Amen. It, it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, for me, it's giving homage to those 56 signers and for all the other people who are involved in the creation of this amazing country. And most of all, give thanks to God because he oversaw the whole thing. Yeah. I Boom. love that. Done. That that might be our intro for the episode right there. That's beautiful. I really <laughs> badass men indeed. Thank you, Meg. I appreciate that. Well said. That hit home. Yeah. I I think for me, because I'm still learning so much about the history of it, I think more about my direct experience and how I'm really this Fourth of July more than maybe any other in the past. I've always enjoyed the fireworks. <laughs> but maybe more than any other in the past, I'm really feeling deep, deep gratitude for the life that I've been able to lead because of what happened those many, many, many decades ago. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that I get to live here. I get to be here. I'm so grateful I was born in America. And I'm so grateful to be given the opportunity to really honor it and, and take this time to remember all of that and basically bring back bring bring an emphasis on those core values that founded this nation into my day-to-day life, into how I'm looking at things, into the values that I'm talking about with people. Because I'm mostly, you know, I come from a world that's that's very liberal, that's very left. And so realizing how 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 the country and how it was founded created space for us to explore all these ideas and to be this free. Um, but it also asks us to keep that structure in place like that. I, I think the piece I keep thinking about is the 4th of July is really reminding me of the value of structural integrity. And I see how there was a beautiful structure put in place back then. And I really want to honor that as best I can with the Amen. voice that I have. I love that. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys being on. This is awesome. I guess it's my turn. And you guys, you guys probably know what's coming. Uh-oh. But the 4th of July to me means, who are you? You're alive now. The people that earned you this country are dead. They died for you to have this right. What are you going to do? The buck's been passed to you. Are you going to die and let evil prevail? What was your job? Who are you? What are you made of? Are you what your friends tell you that you are? Right? Stand up. For something for once in your life, stop eating Cheetos 
eat some fucking beef, <laughs> go run a mile and pick up a rock, and scream at an eagle. You're tired, and you have too much estrogen. Like, like, listen, if you're a woman, estrogen is good. But the point is, is that so many, and John and I were talking about this, your hormones are ruined, seed oils are killing you, you're being uh, completely misled by the devil, by China, by Russia. The 11th hour is here. I love you guys. I love every single one of you. I, I genuinely do. <laughs> I have a love for my country. I have a love for every American, but also every person of every country here. Yeah. America is the founding father uh, of the nations here. And who is the founding father of America? It is God. So I ask, what is your life worth to you? It is you stepping up on that pedestal that you create for yourself and saying, I can stand for strength. You know what? I can make a difference. I can be somebody that is good no matter where I'm at right now. I can say a prayer. I can get on my knees and ask God for help. And I can, I can make a change in this country no matter who I am no matter what my abilities are. And the forefathers said that. The forefathers did it. The fact that America was able to beat the British Empire, like some hillbillies in the wood, starting up a campfire, chewing their tobacco, saying, you know what, I don't like this right here. Yeah. That's, that's, that, that's proof of God right there to me. Uh-huh. Like, wow. It was really them. When you look at it, what it, everybody sees them as some great military with tanks. No, they were rednecks in the woods saying, no, nah, I'm, I'm over this right now. I'm not doing this no more. Shut it down. Shut it down. Get off my property, boy. <laughs> and so that's what 4th of July means to me. Get off of my property. Boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love Amen. you guys. This has been a great episode. Megan, thank you. I know you guys are so busy. Thank you so much for being on this episode. John, you guys are family. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being on. Amen. Michaela. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You guys Love are the you guys. So it it is such a joy and a privilege and an honor to have you guys on. And uh, I hope everyone listening is doing well. I hope you have a great 4th of July. I hope you take some time, even if you hate 4th of July, to just take a second. Just take a minute to think about, oh, wait, life is pretty good right now. Mm. I'm not being tortured. I'm not a slave. Mm. Maybe somebody earned this for me. Maybe take a chance to think, oh, life is pretty good. Mm. Somebody earned this for me. That's it. And uh, be grateful. Let's just take a moment of gratitude for July 4th. Mm. You know, it's like they say, the man who plants, or a woman, who plants a tree for those in the future, you know, a tree that he'll never see grow, a tree that he will never be able to sit under the shade of. A man who plants a tree that he will never be able to sit under the, under the shade of knows wisdom. Mm. And I believe that wisdom is expressed in America. Our forefathers shed their blood and died for those that they would never meet. People that you never met died for you. The person listening to the show right now, they died for you. They, they knew they'd never meet you, but they said, I have faith. I have faith, that word right there, that this is going to help somebody do something great, and I'm willing to die for them. And that person yep. is you. I love you guys. I hope you have a great week. I hope you've had a great week. And uh, keep on keeping on. Every Monday, everyone is canceled. Follow me on Instagram. Everyone is canceled. Spelled with one L. The American way. Because the British spelled with two L's. And we just went over this. America paved the way for freedom. So we spell it with one L around here, boy. (laughs) You guys take care. 
and I'll see you next time when everyone is canceled. Woohoo, we did. Bye bye. <laughs> I, I have, uh, I, I even have the guys at work doing that now. Bye bye. Bye bye. So that's what 4th of July means to me. Get off of my property. Boy. Boy. <laughs> <laughs>